This is Wholesaling Houses Elite, the no fluff and BS podcast with tips and tricks to help you become an elite wholesaler. Our guest will spill the beans on what it takes to be the best. Hey, Wholesaling Houses Elite member, this is Max Maxwell and welcome to another podcast. I got a special guest and I know I say I got a special guest every time, but this one, this one's pretty cool because I've been bringing you guys lately people that are in the mastermind with me. And the mastermind that I'm in is pretty close. It's limited. I think it's like 40 men and women. So for me to be able to interview people that are in the mastermind, it's almost like you get to get a taste of what it's like to be in this high-level group. And with me today, I have Haim Palman. Now, that's that's abbreviated of his name because his name, my tongue wouldn't even try to do it. But uh, say your full name and introduce yourself. My name is Haim Maman Palman, and I'm more known as the virtual wholesaler guy. Online. That's true, because before I got to meet you, Haim, I'd known you as the guy that was just a virtual wholesaler. Like before, because I think I met you for the first time in person in San Diego at the last Mastermind. It was the first time I met you, and I was like, I've always known you as the virtual wholesaler. So anytime somebody had virtual wholesaling questions, you were the guy I pointed to, or you were the person that I looked to or referenced when I when I said somebody was in it. So kind of tell me, tell us how you got started in in real estate investing to begin with. So my story is again, I, I was a, a nine to five guy working in the corporate world, uh, just realized that I'm the the wrong track for my life. And, and, and knew that mm-hmm. I had to do something to, to change this track. So start reading and reading and, 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 thought, and, and thought that buying rentals will get me the passive income that I want. And, and I quickly <laughs> realized that after buying three rentals, so I have $1,200. And I figured that's not, not, not going to enable me to quit my job very quickly. So um, mm-hmm. started to do wholesaling. Again, and, and did it virtually because the, the last sets of renters that I purchased was in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, and I've kind of knowing the, the buyers, we are the turnkey guys that I purchased from. So they're my buyers. I knew the mm-hmm. property managers and I knew realtors. And I said, you know what, Let, let's try to do a virtual wholesale deal uh, from San Francisco. I'm from San Francisco. And one of the agents sent me a pocket listing, was able to put it on a contract. I asked the turnkey person again what should i do next and tell me just send me an assignment deal and i would pay you five grand and that was the aha moment got a a five thousand dollar check while working a nine to five job sitting in san francisco working a nine to five job and then kept doing it for another two years until i got to a point that i made more money doing real estate than my nine to five job so i was able to come to my wife and tell honey i think i'm ready to quit (laughs) And that's kind of when everything started. Once I quit it, I, I just kind of scaled it and developed a team. And since then, changed my model. And I guess that's a, a maybe, yeah. So you were a corporate guy, nine to five. You said, hey, look, I'm seeing a lot of things on the internet about you know investing to my freedom. You decide you buy three rentals. You buy them all in Memphis. Is that correct? So I started to buy in California, mm-hmm. ran out of money. And then I looked at other markets when I can buy cheap properties. And Memphis was one of the markets that, again, it's that's caught my yeah. attention. Because a lot of, if you don't know, Memphis is real big for turnkey investors. Essentially, you know, people are buying houses, fixing them up, and then they're going around and then they're just selling them, usually with a tenant in it. And it's already cash flowing the moment an investor buys it. 
and dude, they're 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 making money. So I think that's I think that's awesome. So you bought your last one, and you're like, listen, this twelve hundred dollars a month I'm getting is not worth it. I need to try something else. And where did you find out about wholesaling? So I start reading, and I was in bigger pockets, and I was starting to be on Facebook, and 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 bought a course after course after course. And I'm a product of gurus. A lot of people are anti-guru. I'm a product of gurus. So mm-hmm. started to to, to just learn and just buying a course after course and implementing and taking action. I guess that's the keyword mm-hmm. until something stuck. And I was able just to, to grow it to a point that I was able to quit my job, which was my initial goal to quit my job. So I can travel more. I can run a virtual business, have a business that supports my lifestyle and not the other way around. Um, and, and that's how I started to do wholesaling. So I'm, I'm real interested in the, the virtual side of things because, you know, I get that question a lot in my Facebook group, Wholesaling Houses Elite. A lot of people are in markets like San Francisco, bigger markets like Miami, and they say, you know, it's, it's tough, maybe too tough for me to try to do break the barrier of entry of wholesaling. So you're virtually, what were you scared? What does that look like sitting in San Francisco, putting a property you probably never put your eyes on personally? And then being able to sell it, what is what is a fair barrier? What, wh- how scared were you when you first did it? First of all, I went to lower end market because I was scared to play with the big boys in San Francisco. The median price here in San Francisco it's over one point five million dollar. So, as somebody with again with a, a nine to five job, two kids, mm-hmm. again my mindset again. This is again I was my the barrier it was me my 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 in my head. Mm-hmm. I thought I can buy and put an offer for a million dollar or more, say that I am paying cash and, and assign this uh, deal to another investor. So mm-hmm. now that I'm more experienced and I do wholesaling in San Francisco, usually in order to make the big bucks, you need to close on the deal. It's very hard to assign a six-figure deal to an end buyer. I'm not saying it's impossible. Mm-hmm. You need to close and then list it on the MLS or try to set it off market. But for me, it was the big barrier. It was the numbers. And that's why I went. I said, let's, let's learn and go to school and make mistakes on a $30,000 property, $50,000 properties. A, you can get more traction with your marketing uh, budget. Mm-hmm. Here in San Francisco, it's less than a quarter of a percent as far as response rate. Obviously, the other methods that you're doing, I'm sure you're going to get better response rate but still compared to other markets it's very very low so in order to get so some and generate leads you need to put much more money and if you're starting out it's just harder to get some traction with your with your budget yeah so you decided hey i'm not going to play in san francisco because it's just going to take a lot of money i'm going to go to a lower market you said you got that first house under contract because a realtor calls you and said hey before i list this for example a lot of people don't know what a pocket listing is Basically, when a realtor calls you, says, hey, before I put this on the MLS, I'm going to tell you about it and you can make me an offer. And if the seller takes it, you can have it before it goes out to the world. And that's how you found your first property. Exactly. So I started to network with agents and I told them, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm on a market I want to buy. I'm from California looking to buy a rental. And he has a seller that has multiple properties and he didn't want to list them. He wanted a quick cash offer. And, and usually the agents, generally speaking, they are lazy. 
So they prefer to take a cash offer without listing the house, without all the paperwork, without doing an open house. Mm-hmm. And they can get both sides of the commission if they're also representing you. So that was the angle that I initially took. And that's what got me the deals. And actually, the first 25 to 30 deals were all property from the MLS from Realtors. Really? And what, what, uh, how long ago was this? That was up until maybe two years ago. Wow. Okay. Now it's harder because it's more competitive. When I was just starting out, I, I developed the systems to make 100 offers, 200 offers per week. Wow. With virtual assistance. Wow. And I was just banging offers uh, for like 800 in a month. Uh, and it was a numbers game. I got for every 200 offers, I got one accepted. Got it. Now, for, for you as doing it virtually, did you have people go look at the house, take pictures? How did you get your contract signs? Like just some of that stuff. So anybody that's thinking about virtual wholesaling, how did you go about the logistics side of getting a property on a contract, you know, 2,500 miles away? Yeah. So I always had boots on the ground. Again, I'm, my model is I need to have somebody go and take pictures and video of the property, send it back to me. I can review it and make an educated offer trying to guesstimate the repairs. So that was my model. Once they bring it back and I was paying $50 per property just to getting 50 or more pictures of the good, the bad, and the ugly of the property. Nice. I walked through video for the exteriors and the interior. And my boots on the ground just sent me a Dropbox link with all the pictures and the video. And once I get it, I'll send him 50 bucks. That's awesome. So 50 bucks is affordable to be able to get pictures. And then your contracts, did you get signed with a notary, I'm guessing, mobile notary? I was just electronic signatures. Oh, yeah, that's right. 2018. Yeah. What am I thinking? Yeah, I was signing, <laughs> signing now. And if it was an older person, then I was going with the, with the mobile notary angle. Okay, perfect. So, th- I mean, that right there pretty much sums up what you needed to do. You, you obviously took the time. You learned the market yourself. So you can't explain how that works. You learned the market. You found somebody for 50 bucks to go out and take pictures once you're marketing it. And I know you had some cool strategies with mail. You would do a lot of mail. That's kind of where I learned learned about you was you had a mail system that you would send out and do stuff like that. And I think that's awesome. So 50 bucks, you're marketing and you move forward. But now are you, are you still doing wholesaling? Are you switching? What, what are you doing now? So my I evolved, I guess. So and yeah. So I went through a process when I was, you know, it was in my head. I was, you know, all the people in the mastermind, they all have big teams. So I had a big team. So I had seven people. And for me, it was a big deal. So I have two acquisition people. That's big. I have a lead manager. I have two virtual assistants. I have a disposition person. And I was doing a fairly big volume, again, maybe seven deals per month. And for me, it was a lot. And just to realize that I hate managing big teams. Mm-hmm. Again, the money was great, but all the drama with the big team, so managing KPIs and Monday morning meetings and all, all of that and the drama and the firing and the hiring, uh, it just was too much. And I switched the model from a high volume, low spread deals like in Memphis, because the average deals you can probably in your market too is anywhere between seven to $15,000 per deal. Generally Correct. Um, so instead of doing high volume, low spread deals, I shift the model now to the Bay Area when I, I have experience now to go low volume, big spread deals because that's allowed me just to have a much smaller team. Got it. And I can make just as much, if not more, by doing less. What's your average spread in the Bay Area right now? 
Right now, um, I know it fluctuates, but I'm shooting for again. So the target is six figure deals. That's the that's the target. Hundred thousand dollar plus. Yes, per deal. So I, I had a deal which was a slam dunk deal, which was a three hundred and fifty thousand on a one deal. Wow. And and I'm doing flips now, so I'm not just doing um, uh, flipping contracts or or double closing. So I would just take it to the finish line by rehabbing the deal. So and that's where you find a lot of meat on the bones. But you get to cherry pick the ones that you want to do, and you don't do them all. Yes, and again, I don't do a lot of volume. So this quarter, I'm just doing three deals. That's it, because I'm my guiding principles is just make more, work less. And play more. That's 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 I love that. accomplished. So, so I'm good with just making three deals, uh, and if I'm getting six figure on each deal, it's still a pretty good payday. You're doing all right. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I like that. So you more, and I know we were in the mastermind talking, and you said, "Listen, I want to spend more time with my family, less time working on deals. I want to travel the world. You actually want to enjoy the fruits of your labor now." And and I think. You talk a lot about, you know, building a business to your lifestyle because you're right. Somebody can see my outfit and say, listen, he's got seven employees, which I have the same same employees you had and say, this is what I want to do. This is what I need in order to reach one hundred thousand dollars a month. And then you're showing a model and you're saying, no, you can do it. It's just a mindset change, because in the beginning for you it was just these high numbers, one million dollars, you know. You learned it and you knew that, okay, it's a million dollars, but the buyers are paying a million dollars, so it don't matter. Right. And it's usually it's more competitive. Yeah. And so you'll have an easier time moving the deals in most cases. Mm-hmm. But also, I also partner with somebody in my market mm-hmm. that was a shark that also in our mastermind, Jason Boozy. Yeah, Jason Boozy, and, good guy. And we closed together the first deal um, that was great because I, I was still scared. Uh, I thought that this is, again, outside my comfort zone. And in order for me to, to do it right, I need to partner with somebody to show me how to do it. So I brought Jason to the deal. I brought the deal. Um, he came and helped with the, with the funding and by disposing the deal and selling it and adding his expertise. So we add value to each other. And, and it's okay to split. Absolutely. A big deal when you both add value. And I think this is something that it's, it's also that I'm moving more towards partnerships because you can work less uh, and make more. But right now, you still have the blueprint to be able to say, okay, I want to go into XYZ market and, and, and make money. But you choose not to because you've seen that already. And you just want to say, look, if I can do three, four deals a quarter, three deals a quarter, they all make six figures. You're still pushing a million dollar business all day long. Yes. Yes. That's, that's awesome. So if, if somebody was looking to start a lifestyle wholesaling or real estate investing business, you know, how, how can they evaluate themselves to kind of see what they, they, how they should build their business, I guess you should say? I guess everything starts with the, the end goal in mind. What's your mm-hmm. perfect lifestyle look like? And, and for me, is to, to travel as much as I can with my family. Again, next month, I'm going for two months to Israel to travel. I don't, I'm not going to work. Mm-hmm. because I, I just don't want to. My kids are off school. Uh, my wife is off her job, teaching job, and, and we just go and travel, and we spend time with the family. That's 
that was one of the end goals. So what business, what strategy you can have to support this lifestyle? And initially for me, it wasn't fix and flip because fix and flip, you need to be on site once a week. You need to check with the contractors. You need to write checks. You can develop systems to support all of that. But then you're starting out, you're doing everything, right? So I, I thought, okay, what can I do? How, what type of business of strategy I can do in order to support my lifestyle, in order for me to be in Israel and still run a virtual business? And that's, and that's awesome. I think, more, I think nobody really talks about that in this business. Uh, anybody that teaches real estate investing or wholesaling talks about the big scale, big model, at least from my knowledge. I don't know anybody that goes out and teach that model. So I think more people should you know, talk about lifestyle investing because you know, it's possible. You're, you're a testament to that. But getting back to virtual wholesaling, um, for our guests and our viewers, what would, should they look for in picking a new market? Like, yeah, if somebody wants to pick a new market, what are your, some of your parameters to say, okay, this market looks good, let's test it? Yeah, so my model, the virtual market, the model that I use is works better for, I call it a cash flow market. Mm-hmm. Markets like, again, um, Memphis, Indianapolis, Kansas City, mm-hmm. St. Louis, probably your market fit the model. Mm-hmm. As well, medium price is usually properties under two hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollar. That's the bread and butter type deals. A lot of rental properties, so you can capture both buy and hold investors, turnkey companies, and fix and flip investors. You want to see a lot of cash or, or investors activity. Uh, so I always go to list source and checking the last three to six months of absentee owners activities in the last three to six months just to see mm-hmm. how many of them um, are there and usually i want to see a lot of activity mm-hmm. for investors so that's usually the the way i pick a virtual market that i think will be a good fit mainly because you have a lot of buyers so once you get a deal you'll be able to sell it quickly and also it's less competitive than markets like Miami, San Francisco, LA, yeah, definitely, and Portland. So, how how were you yeah, able to find? So you're, you're probably on a limited budget, so mm-hmm. you want to generate enough leads because a lot of people quit with the first three months. They don't see that it sticks every time. They quit. So at least have a plan for six months that you can market. Uh, so you'll have a better chance in in this type of market as opposed to San Francisco. How did you find buyers virtually living in San Francisco and, and, and marketing to buyers in, in Memphis? It's it just the, the old fashioned way. You just pick up the phone. Um, and for me, one of the main buyers were turnkey companies. Mm-hmm. And turnkey companies usually have a very strong online presence. If you go to bigger pockets, they are very active on bigger pockets. If you mm-hmm. just you put uh, turnkey companies in Charleston or in Memphis, you'll you'll have a full page in Google, and they usually will have a phone number there. So you just pick up the phone, uh, ask to speak with the acquisition team, and you just introduce yourself. You tell them who you are, what you do, and and if it's okay to 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 pitch them a deal once you have something on a contract. That's awesome, man. Look, Haim, I, I really appreciate you taking the time and coming out, man, I, 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 because we haven't had somebody on that talks about virtual. Um, we did have Jalen on, and Jalen is also in our mastermind. Jalen's talking about he is in Arizona, and he's also now working the Memphis, Memphis market. So I'm sure he's talked to you while he was gearing up and getting some of his stuff together. Jalen and I partners in the deal together. Uh, it's actually a good deal. So. And that's, what, that's cool because that's what, that's what masterminds are for. 
for people to learn from each other. We're all high volume in our own sense. But now Jalen can partner with somebody and you know he's vetted and trusted and, and, and vice versa and you can make it happen. But before we part ways, is can you give any words of encouragement or wisdom to anybody starting out and just they just learned about wholesaling two weeks ago? What would you tell them? I would invest in relationships with other successful people by not asking for advice, but the focus is to how I can add value to somebody that is already experienced. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure you get a lot of requests. Can I pick your brain? And <laughs> that's the worst. That's the worst thing to say, right? No. So instead, how can I add value to you? Again, by driving for dollars, by I don't whatever it is that you can do to somebody else. Uh, because you can either bring money to the table, expertise, or hustle, right? That's usually so. Usually, yeah. when you're starting out, you don't have the expertise, and you usually don't have money. So you just All you get got is hustle. hustle. Yeah. So find a way to bring a hustle and value to other people who are successful, uh, and try to learn in exchange to hustle. Yeah. Are you doing any coaching for for virtual stuff, or are you just? Yes, I do. I actually do. Um, coaching is again, it's 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 something that I want to add value to others because it it helped me change my life for the better. So especially people who work a nine to five job and hate their job. So again, virtual wholesaling did it for me. So I do offer coaching. It's 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 more about the group, small group coaching and one on one. Is there somewhere they can check you out or reach out to you? How how can they do that? Because I I didn't even know. I honestly didn't know that you did virtual, but it makes sense that you should because not too many people have the model to be able to do virtual. And then it really hits home with people that are in the nine to five that want to find a way out. And and you've got the blueprint. Yes. So the virtual wholesaler guy, it's on Facebook. That's probably the the best way to get a hold of me. And again, you can send me a private message. And if you want to talk about that, be happy to do that. But yeah, again, I'm not again fully like going the, the guru route. It just, again, specifically people who are right feet. Yeah. Just, I, I want to, they need to pass the, the beer test. <laughs> Something that would be, again, fun to work with. Yeah, I always look and I can partner with my students as well and, and trying to grow together, help them grow. And, and obviously they can add value to me and I can add value to them. I find it that's the best model usually. Awesome. So he's on Facebook, the virtual wholesaler guy. I'm also going to put a link in the show notes below. If you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, or you're actually watching this on YouTube, do that because I I think I can vouch for him 100% and know that he's legit. I know he has the blueprint. We share high-level stuff with each other in uh, the mastermind. Are you going to Charlotte? You're probably going to be gone. Not yet. I will be traveling. I'll be in the World Cup in Russia. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm so jealous. I'm jealous. World Cup. Yeah, that's right. I did see you post that picture. Well, look, man, I really appreciate you coming on. I know uh, go enjoy some time with your family and I'll see you after you get back from Russia since you won't be at the uh, Mastermind in Charlotte. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Wholesaling Houses Elite Podcast with Max Maxwell. Make sure to tune in next week to see what elite wholesaler will have in the hot seat.